This is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his... Uh, who is Kent? Uh, the paper just says Kent. What am I... What am I supposed to just say Kent right here? Yeah, just say Kent. That's all. Yep. Does he have a title or anything? No, no, he he doesn't have a title uh, or anything. He's... Yep. Just say Kent. <sighs> with Kent... My house is completely trashed. It looks like someone broke in the side door. Oh, hi, Kent. That's I'm not a junior assist. You didn't give me a rank. I know Jack is like a staff sergeant or something now. I didn't even get like a junior assistant private. No, you have privates, and you've been marinated in the Marines, so... I figured that was enough. Kind of like I didn't want to label you. You just are the stat, the 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 title. You you live the title. Is that noble? That that corporal. So I'm a I'm a corporal assistant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. You're that thing, corporal. What is a corporal? How close is that to the top or the bottom? Oh, it's not close. <laughs> to the top. Perfect. You're a corporal. <laughs> so you got. So here's here's the rank structure. You got private. PFC, Lance Corporal, Corporal Sergeant, Staff Sergeant. Oh. And then from there, you start getting into the higher ranks, Gunnery Sergeant, First Sergeant, Master Sergeant. Can you be any of those as a commissioned or non-commissioned officer? Commissioned officers, that's when you get into lieutenants, you know, uh, captains, all that. Those are actual officers. Non-commissioned officers. As a corporal, I was a non-commissioned officer. That's when you break into the ranks of sergeants and stuff like Ah, that. Ah, okay. Um. Everything below a corporal is is probably uh, probably eighty percent of the Marine Corps falls under Private PFC Lance Corporal, and then a few make them into the corporal where I was at, and then from there they start getting fewer and fewer. Okay, Let, yeah, the more elite. I wouldn't even call a corporal elite. It's just if you're if you stay out of trouble, you do your job well, and you know keep your room clean, you can probably make it. To they corporal. let you. They let you stick around <laughs> until you're dead. Until you die of yeah. something. Yeah. So also what's happening right now is you and I just started talking. I ruined the song by injecting your name. The whole audience, because this is on the, the real episode, not uncut. People are like, what is happening right now? Who, who is Kent? What, what world have I vortexed into? So today we are privileged to have... Kent Chungus as the trusty side piece for this episode. Jack has he hasn't gone away. Don't worry, he just has cancer. <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. He doesn't. He doesn't have cancer. He's in prison with testicular cancer. <laughs> just kidding. He's not. He's just Jack will be back. You don't have to put up with me <laughs> for long. So don't start going. Oh, can't ruin nine one one cops. <laughs> I like it the way it was. <laughs> it's going to go back to that. It will. We're kidding. Put some baby powder under your tits and calm down. <laughs> Jack will be back. He's just quitting smoking right now. He just needs a little time to himself. Just kidding. He's not quitting. I don't know if he's quitting. <laughs> he's editing. Yes. So, yeah, we just finished recording the first episode of our newest, shiniest show called The Tier 13 Campfire, 
where Jack and Kent and the operator hang out around the campfire and share stories and just shoot the poop for as long as we want. It's a totally unique show that is a bit like a show we did called Hugs. But this one was Jack's idea, so it's a little bit different in that the stories that we tell don't have to be positive and fun anymore. <laughs> it's like, you know how in, 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 in movies and shows there would be like a part where the main character drinks the wrong <laughs> magic potion or gets in a machine and creates an evil version of himself? Yeah. That's what, that's what camp, it's just the, it's hugs that got in that machine and accidentally made an evil clone of himself. That's all that, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Like every story now is, can be, and, and is designed to be grimy and to give me a pit in my stomach every time, which I guess is sort of just fruits because I created 911 because one day Jack said, I can't handle 911 calls. They just, they, they stress me out. I can't listen to them. I can't watch gore. I don't do horror movies or anything. I'm like, you, you don't like 911 calls? And he's like, no, I hate them. I'm like, we're going to make a show about that then. <laughs> that was so relieving that you said that because I didn't want to tell you <laughs> that, that he hates it. He, he hates them. <laughs> they make him uncomfortable. He doesn't enjoy the what's that sounds because he doesn't know if that squishy squishing he's hearing is going to be somebody's intestines getting turned with a ladle. Exactly. By a. Al-Qaeda. Yes. He, does. <laughs> he doesn't. Get, that genuinely gives him anxiety. He needs, he needs to know what's coming around the corner. And 911 calls is, is a mild version. Of, and he's getting better. But there still are times where I watch him sitting at his desk with his flannel pants on and, and slippers. And I still see, oh, I just got an alert. Did you just get that alert on your phone? Yeah, he sent us a Marco. Oh, no. I got an email that says Patreon, 1159... Media's new Patreon only release, the tier 13 campfire. Oh, you're doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally just got it. Oh, did you? I, really, did. I thought you were just went into a bit. No, it's the top one. Oh, right yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. Uh, While we're recording, it went up. Yeah, cool. That's good for you, Jack. Good job. He got that good right job, up. Jack. So it's available now. So I should be able to just probably get Jack back on the show. So, Kent. So it's been fun. See ya. I'll let you get back to <laughs> No. Let's hear the, you want to hear the, on the show, you want to hear the tier 13 campfire music? Because I haven't heard I it haven't. yet, have you? It did, is there music? I wonder what he did at the very beginning. Is there music? I don't know. I don't know either. Let's Push see. play. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. In just a couple of months, Kent, the operator, and myself will be sitting around a campfire together. Telling scary each other's <laughs> what? Who was that? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I won't do that again. What'd you say? <laughs> Each other's. I'm gonna get to that. We'll be telling scary, <laughs> stupid, or sexy stories to each other <sighs> while we're just. <laughs> <laughs> when we meet up in person for the first time, thanks to the generosity and thoughtfulness of our audience, many of them likely here on Tier 13, we're meeting at a cabin in Baraboo, Wisconsin, just outside of where Ed Gein used to dig up women to decorate his house with. <laughs> a Tier 13 podcast was something we were all planning for 2022, and it occurred to me that maybe the best way to do it would be like we're sitting out in the woods together, as we will be in Baraboo soon. Uh, you know, just trying to scare the pants off each other, trying to 
yank each other's underwear down with our teeth. That was a mm. gay thing I had written in there too, but we've already done enough gay stuff, I think. Never. And just like that, we found the spark and the tier 13 campfire came roaring to life. I love that. Okay. But, and he's got a, it sounds, it sounds vibey. I'm down with the vibe so far. I, I got to say, that was a lot of fun. There were even, a, it was, there were even a couple campfire swear words. Yes. You know, language that was reserved only for conversations located near an intentionally lit fire or for wartime also, you know, where you're, have nothing else to do. Smoke pit conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're looking into the camouflaged faces of your comrades as you're shelled by the Mujahideen, you know, that kind of yeah. swearing. Uh, but um, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was. We were footloose, fancy free conversations that we had. Kind of could go anywhere and it always did. Did. <laughs> you know, it's like like throwing alphabet crackers into the La Brea tar pits to see what sense you can make out of the words that <laughs> end up in the tar. And we still never found out what river dick was. <laughs> And you're the one that brought that up. I don't know if I did. I can't. No, I don't. Did I? I don't think I did. No. Uh, okay. Back to the script. Uh, it was. It's a blast, though. Tier thirteen's a blast. And the only place you can get it. This is a bit of a pitch right now. I guess it. I'm doing a bit. The only place you can get it is on Patreon, and the only place on Patreon is on Tier thirteen. Hence the name Tier thirteen Campfire. So, if you've been hemming and hawing about joining a Patreon tier that is expensive. And as valuable as your Netflix subscription, come on over and join the current 1,588 other Tier 13 members. We laugh, we cringe, we tell stories. It's like if the Hugs podcast and Wes Craven had a baby, you'd have our latest show, the Tier 13 Campfire Podcast. Fun times. But you can't you can't watch In the Army now no, you can't. on there like you can on Netflix. <laughs> Polly Shore and Andy Dick. True. I mean, we've got Lori Petty. We crank out a lot of content, but we're not quite Netflix. But once you're there, you're you you don't want to leave. You know, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I say that much about a show and then still say that that wasn't intended to be a pitch for our new show, Kent? Absolutely not. That was one hundred percent a pitch. <laughs> that was. I was even irritated with you. I am so sorry. <laughs> just then. I'm thinking about not being on the show anymore. Uh, I'm canceling my subscription right <laughs> As now. We oh, I just got an email. What is this one? <laughs> Patreon. Oh. Let's roll right into a, a HelloFresh ad. <laughs> What's this email? Patreon. Kent Chungus just unsubscribed. Oh. <laughs> you were I'm going to do an exit interview, too. <laughs> exit interview. Sucked. <laughs> All right. Well, the most important thing about today's episode is that Kent is here uh, because we are trying to give Jack time to edit that first episode of the new podcast. Um, will Kent be a regular staple on the show? Well, this week he is, and he'll also be hosting the plus episode with me this week. And if Jack ever does go to prison, gets cancer, quits smoking again, or wants time to work on another show, Kent is committed to gracing us with his fun face Silly, silly accent. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's not a, the recording booth is literally in my basement. <laughs> and since I do this full time, it's like, hey, Jack is blacked out. You care to <laughs> roll down? You care to go down? 
not a big deal. Can you you care to galumph down your basement steps and hit record? <laughs> yeah, I'm in my underwear right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a wow. You wear those triple XLs, huh? That's that's a lot of yeah. front packaging you got going on there. Actually, the front is the only part that's empty. <laughs> the baggiest part the the back has extra gusseted width i got a big juicy fat (laughs) ass though with gussets for any kind of a load (laughs) Uh, hey kent let's talk about you for just a second though or a minute or maybe 30 minutes you want me to go away (laughs) i've got some things i need to say you can't hear them um so who are you and where did the sleeves go on all of your shirts okay so I am I am Kent Chungus, host of uh, True Crime Kent, yeah. which uh, many of the listeners of this podcast probably listen to, and many of them have intentionally avoided because I sound like I sleep with my sister. <laughs> and I am a podcaster and a father, and I enjoy yard work. <laughs> That's about it, I guess. I work on. Uh, I consider myself. More of a comedian, I guess, than a podcaster. Even though we just came off a really serious conversation where there was very little no j- joking, um, most of the time I, I would consider myself upbeat and 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 fun. I'm a happy person. I would agree with that. And if you're looking for a reason to spend five dollars, even just for this month, check out the uncut versions of Nine One One Calls podcast, where Kent and I just spent an hour talking about abortion. So, yeah, you want to see how that roller coaster goes? Yeah. Just it's only $5 a month. <laughs> For the, Are you doing another bit? There's actually not a call on this episode. We're just pitching. <laughs> Patreon. Pitching stuff. The whole time. You'd think after having five marketing agencies that I'd know how to do it and like make it seem seamless like I didn't like I didn't advertise but but no. We're pitching stuff with the operator. <laughs> I've had that music music for the speaking of pitching, nine one one calls plus. Yeah, I've had that music stuck in my head since that came out. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna wedge in the intro music for nine one one calls plus right here, just so that people can hear it. So here's the intro song yes. for nine one one calls plus, made by yours truly. It's nine one one calls plus exclusive. The one you did. Didn't know you needed La 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 Your earballs will be slathered In fun facts and more random blather We hope you love our newest thingy We promise we won't do more singing Let's press play now The show is underway now The intro song is done Okay, that is I love it It's my favorite It is my why is it my favorite because here's the here's a little bit of the backstory on that so i wrote up the music and and put in you know did all the things and before i even did my part i just sent a marco polo which is like a video message back and forth that we use right to communicate throughout the day i sent one to jack and i said hey jack um can you reply back with a marco polo of you just going la 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 yeah 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 and he and he did it in such a jack <laughs> he totally fashion. <laughs> Minimal effort. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then while he's doing it, and he's he's a pro. He's a pro. So when he did he's it, a pro. he sent yeah. me four takes of each one. But they were all jacks. So they're all like, la, 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 la. 
la, 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 la. And then while he's doing it, he got interrupted by one of his kids buzzing through the room. So he's like, effing guy in the background talking. And and then I was like, that's gold. I got to put that in there. So that made it into the <laughs> intro too. So that's fun. Oh, man. But, um, but this... <laughs> But this show isn't about Jack. <laughs> it's actually Jack. He's no longer with us. Yeah. The call today is Jack, Jack Luna being murdered. Somebody broke into his house. Calling 911 about his nut cancer. <laughs> Which he doesn't have. Don't don't message him. He doesn't have cancer. I was just joking. But Kent, you've lived a pretty cool life. Four more years. Four more years. You've done some pretty amazing stuff. That other people only might dream of, like a, a like I'm just going to list a couple things out, and then we, we'll we'll talk about them. We'll, so you've okay. done a ton of props and art pieces for the horror film industry. Yes, you're a former marine biologist, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I don't know anything about about sharks, okay, or whales. So you were half right, former marine there. or former biologist. Yes. Okay, marine. So you're a f- biologist. <laughs> Nobody that sounds like me has ever been a biologist. <laughs> but definitely a Marine, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of that there. <laughs> yeah. So former Marine, let's see. I would say that Texas feeds half of the Marine Corps. <laughs> so in the Marines, you were a, a a live round dispatcher of freedom seeds downrange. Is that a good way to put it? I don't know if we were dealing freedom, but we were dealing something, and I did a lot of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was a machine gunner. I was infantry. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Uh, you almost lost a leg. I did. Not in the Marine Corps. That was in an industrial accident. Yeah. And we already yeah. mentioned True Crime Kent, which is you and your co-host, uh, minor, minor cadet. I will. Uh, that's the title I'll give myself on that show. The operator is your minor cadet assistant to the. Cadet General. The okay. Operator. I love it. <laughs> and Cadet General. And another thing you've done in your life, you're from Kentucky. Is that right? I did. I didn't have a choice in that, but I guess I did do that. If you could do that, is that something you could do to be from? I think so. But yes, I'm born and raised in Kentucky. And, and what? Actually, well, not re- I was. I was born in Kentucky. My dad was also in the military. So I, I also I, I moved around the United States quite a bit. I lived in uh, New Mexico, North Carolina. Uh, he got stationed in different places. So I was a military brat. And I, I wanted to come prepared for this. So I, I did a little digging into Kentucky. I want to know, how's Brenda Sue doing? She's probably, what, like 72 now? She's, uh, the, the, the thing about Brenda Sue is that there's probably 50 of those just within a mile <laughs> of where I'm sitting right now. You could throw a rock and hit a Brenda Sue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one a little more specific then maybe. Do you ever get together with Jondra for barbecue or is she not much of a social butterfly? Are you pulling names? Where are you getting these names at? <laughs> Jondra? Yeah, she lives. I think that's in Harlem. She lives right near you. <laughs> that's. Does she really? Yeah. Do you, did, does Brenda Sue live near you? Yeah, me? Brenda Sue. Well, no, Brenda Sue's related to you. Do, you. do you have a 72-year-old person that you're related to named Brenda? Uh, yeah, that's my grandma. Did you know she was a Brenda Sue? I did, but I I didn't know that you were going through my... <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. Remember when you lived next to the Sluters back in Broadhead? The, the Sluters? What? You know, he, he, Sluters. he owns the Lone Star there in town. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the Sluters. You know the Lone Star market in your town? No. 
I don't know of a Lone Star Market in my town. <laughs> my background check is not panning out for you. Um, is it a feed meal? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, there's like 12 of those. I don't know what they're oh, called. Uh, I could guess that it's probably a feed meal. Anything called Lone Star is probably dealing with cattle. <laughs> yeah. In Broadhead, um, you lived near the Sluders, S-L-U-D-E-R. Um, S-L-U-D-E-R. Yeah. Is that a last name? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Sluder. I, I never, you know, I was I was raised, I went to school in, in Rock Castle, which is where Broadhead uh-huh. is. I never knew anybody with a last name Sluder. Yeah, he they they lived right near you. Uh, he he's the owner of the Lone Star. He also was like the head manager at um, at the Tractor Supply. But glad glad to see he got away from that because it's big. I know where Tractor Supply yeah, is. He used to manage that one there in town, and but I used to buy steroid needles there. <laughs> Fun fact to know and share: you want you want uh, needles, or you want um, antibiotics. <laughs> Or anything for human consumption too. I'm not going to recommend you go to a feed store, but you can get that stuff there. You can, you can. and they don't question you or no. anything. Also, if you go to a pet shop like a PetSmart, they have antibiotics. Every literal, every kind of antibiotic a human could consume, they have them in packets for fish. Do they still work for you? They do. That's Joe Rogan. If you can consume, if you can figure out how to consume them, so they don't taste like you know you're you're swallowing pencil lead. Um, but uh, there's a fun fact to know and share. Uh, did you know that there was a Kentucky Music Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's in Renfro Valley in Mount Vernon. Yeah, yeah, that's like a huge staple of our town. Yeah, Mr. Sluter's on the board of directors there. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, be and damn. you lived next to him. It's good to know he's doing well. Okay, can I freak you out just a little bit bit more? Not any more than you already have a million times in the past two years that we've known each other. <laughs> this one's probably, I hope, actually, I hope this doesn't freak you out, but it may. Did you know that there are two registered sex offenders on your street? The one that I'm on right now? Yeah. Wow, that's really low. Gotta get those numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> those are rookie numbers. <laughs> For Kentucky, that's like really good. (laughs) That put me a little bit at ease. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I really thought that would go another way. I forgot you're in Kentucky. (laughs) You asked me, I would have been like, I don't know, every other house. (laughs) So if you go out of your house and you take a left, it's not showing my house, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that was what I wanted to talk to you about. Good, because I didn't register. There's the blue dot that says, this is the house you're asking about. And then there's a red dot right on top of it. It's really weird. I figured it was <laughs> yeah. a fluke. No, if you go out of your house and you take a left and you uh, go to that road that starts with an R. Yeah, and then you hang another left. There's one that lives yep. down there at the end of the street. Yeah, I know. I did this, all this, uh, the pedophile hunting. Okay, good. Not physical, not like Jason Vukovic, but... Just like being aware of their locations, considering I have children, yeah. small children. I know where they're all at. I keep an eye on that direction. Probably not a big deal, though. That guy was just convicted of first-degree sexual abuse. So I'm sure he did the crime and did his time. <laughs> uh, yeah, but another one. If What else you got up? I'm, that you've piqued my interest. <laughs> if you go out, uh, out of your front door and take a right and go through that next street that starts with West L Street. Right. Right. And you go until you almost hit the next intersection intersection with P Street. Yes. Okay, there's one right there. So you probably knew You're that. Out on the yeah. left. Second degree sexual yeah. abuse for that guy. So you, sh- you sh- it's not as bad as the other guy. Yeah, lives right next to a school. Wow, really? Wow. By the way. Oh yeah. That's uh 
that's more information than I wanted to have on that guy. Children walk past his house <laughs> every single day. That's just by themselves. Wow. Yeah. That was one of the first things me and my wife talked about when we moved here. We found him. I don't even know how that's legal that he lives there because it's literally right next to a school. Yeah. I, I would probably wager it's not legal that he's right there, but. Well, he's registered though, He's right? registered. I mean, you're looking at yeah. it. Yeah. So how? I guess it could be. I mean, you know, it, it is It is very much that uh, when you're a sex offender, it's not a one and done broad brush. Like there are, you know, specifications given to each one as to their constraints and everything. So maybe his was a sexual indiscretion with a really old person. So kids weren't on the radar for him. So Right. So they wouldn't let him live like next to a nursing home. No. No, well, they wouldn't let him live next to... Clapping wrinkly cheeks over there. Yeah, they're not going to let him live next to Mr. Sluder, the board of directors for the Hall of Fame, you know, if he's... And Renfro Valley, beautiful place. If you're ever in Mount Vernon, Kentucky, go hit up Renfro Valley. We just recently became legal to sell alcohol in my hometown. Oh, you were a dry... You were a dry town until then. We were a dry county up until two years ago, yeah. Wow. Did, Did it just... Was it like Disneyland? Was every... Every place just chock full of people buying liquor. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were a dry county, but like half the county's alcoholic. <laughs> and all you're doing is, all you're doing is so stupid because the closest place you could get liquor was 30 minutes away, right? So you're not stopping them getting it. You're just making the drunk drive longer. Wow. You're not, that's a, you're not lying. <laughs> Holy cow. No, I'm being serious. That, I'm being dead serious. That strategy backfired. I bought my booze growing up at a, from a bootlegger, a legitimate bootlegger. Wow. I didn't know that that was actually a thing. I thought I only thought it was on like HBO specials. <laughs> she was, uh, I'm not going to say her name. She might still. Look, she? Do what? <laughs> yeah, she was a boot, female bootlegger, old lady. She was awesome. And she would just sit on her porch and wait for teenagers to pull up. That's up. And you'd be like, I'll take a 12 rack. And she would take 24 packs. And cut them in half. <laughs> so you would have, you would just buy your 12 rack. It's a half of a box, Natty. <laughs> and she would charge a dollar a beer. Wow. That's how we got alcohol. That's amazing. I did not expect that to for it to be a. You could probably also buy a Percocet. <laughs> I would imagine if you so desired. I, I got to meet her. She sounds really interesting. Did she have a corn cob pipe by any chance? Was No. Uh, there were probably 12 of them. <laughs> yeah, they were probably mounted on her wall. I never went into her house. Never made it onto the porch. One for every ex-husband she had. She <laughs> would just pull up, get out. And then, I'm not going to say her real name. We'll say it's Becky. You just go, Becky, I'll be out there in a minute. I'll take a 12. All right, hold on a goddamn minute. And then, and then you get your boots. That's crazy. Uh, okay, so for a minute, we're going to suspend reality because I either went so deep that you didn't know the things I knew about your past with Mr. Sluter and everything, or I'm completely wrong. But my point in in bringing up those disturbing things is, could you imagine how easily it would be to burrow into someone's life and make yourself a trusted part of their life? If you had that kind of information uh, just at your disposal, like like if I wanted to play a long con with someone, just knowing a handful of names and places and like maybe two levels deep on information makes me seem pretty relatively trustable. You know, it's deception, but and some people are better than others at it, you know? I would say that that's how a lot of 
quote unquote sockets go about their their business. Yes. Is- they're pros, right? They're pros. There's two there's two main camps for where this really plays out. Uh psychics and Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I don't know what Tinder is because I've been married for a long time, but me neither. I mean, I know what it does, but I, I don't know really how that that works. Yeah, uh, I knew about Grinder, but I had to look up Tinder. I don't know what Tinder is. So, and Grinder it's is just gay Tinder, right? No, uh, oh. Maybe there's more than one. I was talking about the uh, the the meat app for for Traeger grills, but maybe maybe oh. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to do a little more research. Sounds like sounds like my deep dive into your life is is not as good as the one you're doing in mine. <laughs> but um, you know, I digress because the deception is rarely ever used for good reasons. Most often, it's used to take something or someone, take them. You know, that like when we're talking about con conning somebody, you're either going to take something or you're trying to take someone, either physical stuff like money and possessions or to make someone dependent upon you emotionally or physically through deception or abuse. You know, okay. that being said, hey, Kent. Hey, 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 hey. Has anyone ever broken into your home or car or other form of dwelling and robbed you or destroyed your stuff? Not that not that can speak about it today. Actually, I take that back. I've had a radio stolen out of my truck one time. They broke my window and took my but aside from that, I've been very lucky with with robbers and stuff. Really? I've never had to deal with that. That's that's good. Um I was gonna I didn't know if that question might confuse you. I might have to use tell me if you understand this this sentence because I I translated that question I just asked you into today's kids speak. Uh, and that would have come out like this. Has anyone ever deboed your gigas and skipped getting clipped? Oh, well, now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. The kids talk like that these days. Yeah. Sometimes our, I'll hear my, my 13 year old in there playing Xbox live. And he says, bruh, bruh. <laughs> every other word and that makes me want to go in there and just commit a felony i also don't understand no cap like i i don't understand no it means i'm not lying right or i'm telling the truth or something but i'd have never heard that in my life oh yeah never heard that here's another no one. cap just to me means lowercase <laughs> <laughs> took, took me a second i, I didn't realize that, that was a grammar joke <laughs> Uh, here's one. Maybe you know this one, and because I don't, I don't get it. But I've watched a sev- like a handful of videos lately, where I'll hear somebody say, "Man, you know, I f with you. You know, I f with you." Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean you're mean to them, or does that mean you like them, or what does that mean? <sighs> what's the age group of of what's the average age of your listener? Uh, for nine on one. Oh, the average our demographic is uh fifty five to sixty three. Yeah, so they think those <laughs> those young bucks think it's groovy. groovy. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just googled. It's happening. It. What does it mean when you say that you f with them? And the uh, MacmillanDictionary.com actually has a thing. It says f with someone, an extremely offensive expression that means to treat someone with in an unfair way or trick them in a way that shows you do not respect them. I feel like that's not the... Okay, I'm going to the Urban Dictionary. You're talking about actually mess... You're talking about the, the like, 
street version for saying I mess I messed with them. Yeah. Okay. Here, like, here we go. Macmillan Dictionary says this is the worst podcast that has ever been made. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever listened to any other episodes because they're all this bad. <laughs> We just sound like two old guys <laughs> trying to, what do they mean by I fucks with it? What, what does that mean? I'm over here clutching my pearls. <laughs> so the dictionary says that it's insulting, right? But then if you go to the urban dictionary, F with you. I, it's a good thing, I think, from the urban standpoint. Yeah, it means that it, it says it means that someone likes you a lot, like they think you're cool and want to be your friend, usually in the Bay Area. I don't know if that's saying that that's locally like where this happened or if the Bay Area is a euphemism for a part of your body. I think Bay is like your girlfriend or your okay. boyfriend. Oh, man, this rabbit hole has gone too deep. I feel like we're in like the urban dictionary matrix. An urban dictionary is just a black dictionary. <laughs> I might beep out that word. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, I have one more question for you. Have you ever been arrested for anything? And if so, did you enjoy your time in the clink? I got uh, I got put in handcuffs one time, but I, they had to take me to the hospital before they, I don't even know if they were going to take me to the clink. I escaped the hospital. Oh. So I, I don't know whatever happened after that, but. Wow. I never got any like legal re, legal repercussions. Okay. So. Yeah, so the the um, best you had was apprehended and taken to the hospital. Yes. Okay. Well, that's yeah. that's quite a story to tell. There's probably more to it, and I'm not sure you'd be comfortable sharing it. I'll tell the story. Okay. okay. Uh, so whenever I, whenever I enrolled in the Marine Corps, <laughs> is that how you do it? <laughs> whenever I enlisted in the Marine Corps, uh, I got to be friends with my recruiter pretty quickly. He became a good friend of mine, which he was just doing his job. Looking back now, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was. That's his job. Like he's the cool because the recruiter for the military is like a he's like a cool, the cool dude. Right. But you don't know there's this other side after you get after you get to boot camp. That's like not cool. That guy's not cool with you anymore. Not anymore. He's your enemy. Not it. We are not boys anymore. Yeah. You piece of shit. <laughs> that's like it literally happens like that. But you don't know that when you're enlisted. So I was friends with him because I was a civilian at the time, right? And he was a staff sergeant. And we went drinking one time up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And uh, I ended up buying a married man's wife a bunch of drinks. And he did not appreciate that. The gesture. He didn't like that. So they ended up, he ended up getting mad and leaving. And me and my recruiter were still drinking in the bar. And I, I remember... He said, hey, we got to go. I was like, all right, cool. We stepped. I, I got one foot out, outside of that bar. I just remember one foot getting outside of that bar. And the second my foot hit the cement, my face exploded. <laughs> just, it was like I'd bitten down on a hand grenade. Just, <laughs> and I was so confused. Thankfully, I was hammered, so it didn't knock me out. But what had happened was homeboy had been waiting outside by the door waiting for us to leave. And the second I stepped out, he just sucker punched me. He just hit me in the mouth. Oh, man. And uh, because I was so limp, like limber (laughs) (laughs) and drunk, my head kind of absorbed most of the shock because it was just on a a bobblehead because I ate pounds of Jägermeister (laughs) rumbling in my gut. 
<laughs> and the second he hit me, thankfully, like my recruiter was coming out behind me. He shoved him down. And then they had a, I remember they had a, a, a band playing in, in the middle square that night. So there was a lot of police presence around. And uh, whenever the recruiter shoved him down, the guy was on his elbows and I, I was like hammered. I would have never done this sober, but he had just punched me in the mouth. So I just took like a three-step run and kicked him in the side of the head like a, like you would a football. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And right after that, I got tackled by the police and they took me to the hospital. I remember they asked me if I wanted to press charges and I was like, no. And I guess he said no too. And I woke up like three hours later, butt naked in the hospital, completely naked. Like not even, you didn't have a dress gown on or any of those things? Nothing. I was butt naked. Weird. And not weird. You'll see. Oh, okay. Not weird. I, I had IVs in and I was like really drunk. I remember being really drunk and I had a bunch of IVs in my arm and I was confused because I was so drunk and I like stood up. And there's like, by the way, I'm laying there and I remember even being drunk. Like, this is kind of rude. There was just people walking by, you know, it was cold in there. I wasn't at my best. Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) weren't weren't running on all cylinders. Hospital rooms are always so cold. And that's the one place you got to get naked in front of strangers. Yeah, it's true. And that's not fair. No. I guess it's to make you seem less intimidating. In your final form, I think it's true because you know, like, there are no bragging rights when you when you're in a cold room and you have to strip down. So I I I, I like set up and I sit down on the side of this bed. Nobody notices that I'm conscious, and I look over in my clothes. All my clothes are in a bag, this clear zip up bag on the chair. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I yank, <laughs> I yank the uh, the the IV stuff. I'm too drunk and stupid to yank it out of my arm. So I just break it. So it's like slinging along my side and I go over and I get dressed and my clothes are wet. I'm like, why are my clothes? And I realized I had pissed myself. Oh, when you got knocked and out? When No, whenever I passed out from the alcohol. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I don't even remember riding in the ambulance to the hospital. Wow. So I pissed myself. So I, I was like, oh, that's what it is. I smell like a big bag of piss now. I'm soaking wet with piss. And then I like stick my head out of the hospital room and I make my exit slowly. I just kind of walk out. The fuck, the IV tubes are swinging alongside me and I smell like piss. And then, and then I caught a taxi to my recruiter's apartment. He let me in and I passed out on his couch. And then I remember the next, the next morning we get in. He had this nice SUV. It was like a brand new Yukon, I believe it was. Mm. It was a black Yukon. He had rims on it. Sound system. He's like, we're going to go get breakfast. I was like, all right, I'm still in my piss clothes. <laughs> and I sat in the passenger seat. I've also got a Mohawk, oh, by the way. Yeah, okay. I was wondering, the, the, story, the story seemed to be lacking some some substance. So I'm glad. You- <laughs> yeah, I had a Mohawk before we started drinking. Though. That's not oh. something that I woke up at the hospital with. I wasn't like, oh, I've got a Mohawk. I'm naked and I have a Mohawk. <laughs> he knocked a Mohawk into me. <laughs> so uh, we're sitting there, we're driving, it's quiet. And my recruiter starts going. <laughs> He's like, do you, you, you smell that? <laughs> it smells like piss. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what is that? I was like, well, I pissed myself. <laughs> <And he's, 
And he stops. He drives for a minute. I'll never forget it. He drives for like five seconds in silence. And then he goes, he's still looking out the windshield. He goes, still got in my damn car though, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. What what's what's really funny about that is too, like in a normal situation, like if you had gone and gotten a job and then all of that had happened and then your boss came to pick you up for breakfast and you got in his car and you had urinated all over yourself, you would lose your job. But I'll bet you that recruiter was like, he's going to do well. in the yeah, This is the right stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to, he'll be a commander. Uh, it's important to note, uh, it gets worse. So I had this massive cut on my lip. My lip was like, it just looked like a big sausage sitting on my face. <laughs> And I still had dried blood in my goatee and stuff. <laughs> and uh, so we go and eat breakfast. I'm hungover bad. My face is busted up and I'm covered in piss. We go to what's called a pulley function, which is something you go to when you're not, you haven't been to boot camp yet, but you're enlisted. Okay. And it's like, get you motivated for it, right? And you'll, it's just a bunch of people that don't even know how bad their life is getting ready to suck, <laughs> being super excited about it. Right. And you, what you do is you learn. Marine Corps history, you go on runs, you do PT, uh, you get to pretend like you're a Marine for a minute, you know, like this is what it's good. So I'm at this pulley function and, and <laughs> the recruiters, they always pull, they always bring <clears throat> their, their recruits that they've brought in like prized ponies <laughs> to these pulley functions. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like a, it's like a little competition they have amongst themselves. It's like a pony show. Like, look at this one. He has a, like a prison lineup, but like positive. <laughs> Yeah, like this one's gonna this one's gonna run a three hundred PFT, and he's a nuclear physicist, <laughs> and like he's also built like Ryan Reynolds, and he has death in his eyes. So they bring all the prize ponies, and then my poor recruiter has to show up with me, <laughs> who has a mohawk, smells like piss, and has a massive sausage on his face that's bleeding, and also is hungover. And that was his pony that he had to bring to the pony show. <laughs> did as far as excelling in the marines how did you fare compared to the rest i did of the very po- well okay. <laughs> I, was say. I did very well those other guys probably didn't that's what's fucked up about it oh my goodness my cheeks hurt i did very well oh wow i did very well yeah oh, that's amazing oh well all of this, all of this is leading up to the call that we are about to listen to. I, I'm not going to give any backstory here because the call that we're about to listen to and all of the subsequent audio, they tell the story. And I'll, obviously, I will give you backstory, but I want to play this call for you first and absorb what's happening in this call. And then afterward, I want you to tell me how, how you feel this all went about and just give me your impression after you hear this call. The only backstory I'm going to give you is this is a 16 year old boy who's called 911 after going into his house and finding it completely ransacked. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. All right. Are you ready for me to hit play? Oh, let's do it. Here we go. 911, where's your emergency? Um, I, I, I just got home and the, the, my house 
is completely trash. It looks like someone broke in the side door. How long have you been? How long have you been gone? I've I've been gone all school day. Um, okay. I've home Are you there by yourself? Yeah. I'm how old are you? I'm, I'm fifteen. Okay. I need you to take a deep breath. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. Okay. What is your address? Thirty-five, Alicante Road, Barry, Florida. Okay. Do you know what the closest corner on the street is to you? Um. Naranja and Alicante are very, very close to each other. Okay. And my, my mom's car is here and it's on, and she's not home, and she's supposed to go to work today, and I can't Okay, your mom is, okay, okay. Your mom's car is there. Is there any other way she ever gets to work? Does she ever get a ride from anyone else? No, it's on. The car is on. It's turned on. The car on. is on, and you're sure she is not there? I searched the entire place. I've been here for like eight minutes. I've been working okay. with finder. Okay, I want you to stay on the phone with me. We are not going to disconnect until I have an officer that is with you, okay? Okay. Okay, Do we? did you see anyone leave the house? No. Okay. Stay on the phone with me. I'm making a couple of notes. Are you safe where you're at? Yeah, that doesn't sound your family here. I checked the entire house because I was looking for her to sit down here. I'm right here with you, okay? What's your name? All right, my full name is Gregory Logan Ramos. R-A-M-O-S? Yeah. Okay, Gregory is your first name? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you said it's the side door? The, the door leading onto my side my side yard, it's, it looks like it's been kicked in. The, lot, the door frame is, like, busted. Okay. And the, it's, it's <laughs> okay, deep breath, Gregory. I'm right here with you, okay? You're safe, right? Yeah. Okay. Everything is gone. What do you mean everything is gone? Like, all of our valuables. Like, okay. my, my computer and the PS4 and... My monitor and like my mom's computers and my brother's TVs. <laughs> okay, I'm right here with you. Is there anybody that has made any threats to your mom or to you or your brother? No, 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 no. You didn't touch your mom's car, right? No, no I, okay. I, I saw it's, it's like on, and I, I looked inside, and it looks normal. <laughs> I already have a call-up. I'm going to stay right on the phone with you until I have an officer talking to you, okay? Okay. My dad does have He's on a business trip in Seattle, and he'll be back later this afternoon around 6. I, but right now, it's you and me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you know if your mom came home, or did she ever leave? My, in the morning, my mom takes me to school, and so she drove me to school and dropped me off. And then she usually she usually drives her car to the sunrail and gets on the sunrail with her bicycle and okay. and and goes to work. But the car is here, and her bicycle is in the car. Okay. Do you think she came... What time does she normally get home from work? 
6.30ish. Okay. Did your mom send you any kind of messages or anything that she came home from work early today? I haven't heard from her all day. Okay. Oh my God, there's us everywhere. And Do you see any uh, blood or anything that indicates anything? Uh, let me go look into her room. What time does your mom and you leave to take you to school? Uh, uh, it's around 6.25, 6.30ish. Yeah, there's, there's no blood or anything, but her bed is all out of whack and there's everywhere and oh my god okay okay so Gregory what I want you to do is step outside and don't touch anything okay okay are you do you feel safe to go wait out front yeah I, I can wait out front it's fine okay do you guys have any cameras or anything at the house no no have you tried to call your mom or text her? I, 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 I haven't, I, but... Okay. I, I, Are you able I, to send her a text message while you're on the phone with me? Yeah. Do you want me to do that? Yep. I want you to see if she answers you. Okay. All right, I sent her a text message to the officer here. Okay. I want you to go ahead and talk to the officer, okay, Gregory? You're doing okay. great, okay? Just take a deep All breath right. and let him work, okay? Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <sighs> okay. That kid's guilty. <laughs> that kid is guilty. You think, you think Gre- the end. Gregory Ramos is guilty? There is guilt in that voice. <laughs> I don't even know what happened, <laughs> but I know he did something. <laughs> when I when I first listened to this nine one one call, I was like, "Wow, I that that like he immediately the way he was in my opinion it, when he was talking, it sucked me into that house that he was in and and being fifteen sixteen years old, I was like, "Could you imagine though? Like you know, it's just you and your mom and your dad. That's." you know, and your brother and it's just a normal house and everything. And you go to school and you come home and you go to school and you come home and then you have your weekends and you play with your friends. You come home one day, your mom's car's literally on and your house is completely ransacked. You can't find your mom. Like I put myself in those shoes as a 50, as 15 year old me. That's how I sound on that phone call. You know, like I'm like beside myself, I would say. Okay, so I, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Well, just the uh, <clears throat> the the way that at no point does he ever actually cry, but he's doing the like. Uh, it, it felt like contrived. The the con- yeah the the crying was was acting. That's what it. That's what it felt like to me. Okay, I will say the not the operator. I've listened to a, a couple of nine on one calls, and I know this is the point where we slam the operator, the nine on one operator, uh, the dispatcher. <laughs> That's where we. This is where we make fun of her. So you have listened to the episodes before. <laughs> I uh, I think she did a good job on this. She did. Uh, yeah, I think I, th- I think she did a good job. Yep. 
And um, yeah, I mean, she was fully aware of what she needed to be aware of. She didn't, you know, ask too many questions because she, uh, as far as she knew, she's dealing with a very distraught minor, you know, kid standing in the house trying to figure out where his mom is. I didn't know he worked in coal, but (laughs) (laughs) there's that. Definitely did it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So he definitely did it. All right. So I have another another bit of audio that I want you to listen to now. From the same case? From the same case, yes. Okay. No, this is actually from Mr. Sluder from your former okay. neighbor. Yeah, the female the female guy. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not. All right. So this is a yeah, this is another bit of audio that uh that might fill in some gaps for us. Hopefully, because I don't know how this episode goes because I forgot to write it. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. You ready for me to hit play on okay. this? Yeah. Okay. Actually, before before I hit play on that, one more question. Do you know what usually happens whenever I don't hit play and I stop and I say one more question? Uh, does it have to do with uh, monetary gain? Yeah. <laughs> Let's play some ads. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got to pay the bills. <laughs> Uh, to pay the bill. <laughs> you have watched this show. Now I'm proud. Now I'm having that proud mama moment. All right. Here's some ads. Okay. All right. Now I'm really going to play. Push, pray. Plash, plur. <laughs> you need to separate your private life and your work life. <laughs> it's so difficult. So difficult. <laughs> All right. Here, here's the audio. You ready? Yes. Okay. Here we Or at the same time, significantly underestimating the true number of new infections. Sorry, sorry, wrong audio. That was the health. (laughs) What the f*** was that? (laughs) That was Health Canada providing an update on COVID-19. Oh, okay. From this last week. Uh, If you didn't, if you didn't notice, that was French in your left ear, English in your right ear happening at the same time. I almost had an aneurysm. Good. Good job, Health Canada. And then I find out that's how they do everything. Like, like that's how important French is to them. They're like, anytime you speak English, you have to have somebody speaking French at the exact same time. That's how pushy the Quebecois are there. <laughs> I got nothing out of that whole update. I tried really hard to listen to it. Tried to be open, thinking, you know, I was trying to get, I was trying to glean, like, what's Jack up against up there when it comes to COVID? I have no idea. It was like, I was hoping that that was the right piece of audio. <laughs> and, <I> was, <laughs> and you were going to go, what do you make of that? I was like, I don't know. And you're like, me either. Moving on. <laughs> and then the credits are all on the episode. Hugs. Uh, no, okay. Here, here's, <laughs> here's the real deal. You ready for this? Yeah. All right, here we go. This morning, we were called out here to 35 Alicante uh, in reference to a 15-year-old had come home from school. Uh, his front door was kicked in or side door was kicked in. The house was ransacked. His mother's car was in the driveway, and the engine was running. And hence, the investigation began. And as the investigation began, it became quite apparent uh, that this was not an act of random violence, that, in fact, the 15-year-old probably had killed his mother sometime last night. And uh, after some uh, great detective work and great police work, we were able to charge, or actually I should say, we're in the process of charging her 15-year-old son with strangling her to death 
sometime after midnight into Friday morning. Uh, he then uh, took the body to a nearby church where he buried it underneath of a fire pit. Came back to the house, staged the burglary, uh, got some of his friends to get involved, uh, to get the electronics and a gun that was stolen. Uh, everybody is our classmates. They're all students at University High School. Uh, there are juniors and seniors there. But the, the son is the one who strangles his mother, uh, buries her, and then uses the friends to help cover up the crime and make the crime look like a burglary had occurred. Um, and he told you all this, or how, how did... Uh, we fair to say that he confessed to what had happened, and uh, we were able to, to go from there. The underlying motive for all this? Uh, rage. Rage. Apparently there was a dispute about marks with his mother. Um, and after an argument, it occurred at around 11 o'clock or so, at around 12.30, he went into her room and woke her up and began to strangle her and strangled her until he killed her. And then he had to do something with the body. So he, he put the body in the back of his mother's car, drove to Daytona and, and Holly Hill area where he was going to dispose of the body, thought better of it, came back home, got a shovel, got everything he needed, drove 1.5 miles down the road to the church, uh, dug a hole straight down, deposited his mother in it, covered it up, made the uh, crime scene look like a burglary had occurred, uh, and then went to school, left school early, which is where the story began to fall apart, and then got home and, and made his, uh, in his own words, a Grammy-winning phone call to 911 to talk about uh, this horrible incident that did not really occur. All right. So, <laughs> well, we were all angsty teens at one point. <laughs> he gets a pass. Oh man, you were right. You were right. Your 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 skills at of deduction are much better than mine because I was like, boy, that boy sounds he sounds distraught. That's what I was thinking the whole time. We should find his mother's dis disloc displace displacer because at that point I didn't know she was dead, but I was all team. Gregory Ramos there for a little while. He he didn't have me. I had him pegged. You did three words into that call. <laughs> I forget. You're from Kentucky, and you probably can see right through bullcrap a lot better than I can here in this cold, cold weather. That I also worked in corrections for a really long time. Yeah, that's a good point. So you've you've heard a lie or two. Yes. Yeah. You've also yeah, probably was... experienced a couple cavity searches. I would assume. Yeah, on both ends. Yeah, not really yeah. wondering. I didn't ask that for the podcast as much. This is my own personal. <laughs> I was the, actually, I was the cavity search guy. Oh. <laughs> the, I had to do that a lot. They just, so. they just called you the Vaseline vixen. <laughs> well, I, I had to cavity search the work release guy. So they would go out in the heat and mow lawns oh. and weed eat all day. And then I would have to take a flashlight and look up their anus after they came in no. from working in the heat really? all day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. That's not good. That's not, that's not good. Were you paid well? No. Oh. Not at all. That's... The only reason I stayed was because of the cavity searches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I understand. I understand. You're living next to Mr. Sluter. He's moved up in the world. He's now a uh, owner of a feed mill, you're like, I got to keep up with the Joneses. I get it. I, I understand where you're coming from with that. That young man 
you know, most of us, we, we play mailbox baseball. We, uh, <laughs> we get an F. We may be getting a fight at school. Yeah. And some of us strangle our mother to death and then bury them in the backyard of a church. Yeah. And we just do crazy things when we're young. That's what he, that's what he did. I'll give you a little bit of backstory. This was all in broad daylight, by the way. Well, it was in his house. Yeah, but he buried her at the church. He had to take her corpse to the church. This was in broad daylight. Well, no, he took his mother to the church after midnight. We're going to bury all our moms. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a bit of the backstory on this. Ready? Oh, yeah, I ripped this from a news article. So if it comes across news articley, that's why. <laughs> okay. It didn't, this didn't make national news, really. It was kind of hard to dig this up. Show a little bit of my hand on how I acquire uh, uh, 911 calls. So this whole show started because I found this massive repository of 911 calls. <clears throat> and I'm still working through those. And I have, I don't know, I still have over a thousand of those. But I can't help myself from trying to look up new slash fresh ones. You know, I don't know why. Yeah. I'm just always on the hunt. And it, it's, it's uh, you know how like when you were young and you had to, your mom told you to clean your room. And so you try to do everything except for what she asked you to do because you just don't want to do it. Yes. That's that's when I'm finding 911 calls is when I should actually be writing the next episode. And somehow oh. in my head, I'm like, oh, I should really find some more. I have a thousand. I have enough to do a millennium of this show. So I don't know what I'm doing. What's the oldest one you would say you have? Uh, I used it on, well, actually, Jack used it. It was on one of our earlier episodes where he was like, hey, hey why, don't you let me, uh, why don't you let me do the happy ending one time? I was like, okay. So he did the happy ending and he used this call of this old lady who called because she heard something outside of her house. And then the end of the call is just her shrieking in horrible fashion as she's murdered. And I'm like, that was the happy ending. Yeah. And I'm like, you can never do the happy endings. again. Are you guys golf? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was banned kind of like how he can't do hugs <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, happy endings and hugs. Basically, things that start with H, he can't do. <laughs> yeah, Jack is the Tim Burton of podcasters. He really is. He really <laughs> is. From from the cast he selects, it's very predictable. All the way through the stories he tells, you're like, what in the heck's wrong with this guy? Oh, man, no. The guy's a genius, though. He's he's one of those kind where you, like, give him a pass on everything else in his life because he's, uh, you know, like, savant. As far as a writer goes. He is. So. If the guy ever like actually wrote a book, he would run gangbusters. Oh, yeah, totally. And and also, he's one of the very few individuals who could write a book, sell the heck out of it, and then turn around and with his juicy, buttery Canadian voice, do the audiobook, which is rare. Yeah. You know, that guy. And the audiobook would be better than reading it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And he, see, he's a, he's a multi-trick pony for sure. He's got a lot of gates built into him. You just have to, just has to unlock them. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. What's, what's the backstory on the guilty here? All right. Backstory. Gregory Ramos. He was a Boy Scout and a member of the Orange City Police Explorers, which is a thing, apparently. You guys have a thing like that where the youth can go and like hang out with the cops? No, we have a place where the youth can go and smoke meth, though. <laughs> Okay, very similar. Sounds like kind of if you let the the kids that hang out with the cops hang out with the Boy Scouts. You know, if they had a baby, yeah. that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
because we know what's going on at the Boy Scouts. All right. Gregory had dreams of being a detective when he was older. The only issue was Gregory had discipline problems. His mother reprimanded him and even took away his phone as punishment. On the night of November 1st, 2018, Gregory got into an argument with her about his grades. His mother even called his dad, who was on a business trip, to let him know that she had grounded their son. So on November 2nd, this is the next day, shortly after midnight, uh, Gregory strangled his mother while she was lying in bed. I feel like I should, I'm going to do that again because I don't feel I should be so disrespectful in how I I sang a song right there. Yeah, so me in a good mood. I'm going to do that part again. On November, here we go, take two. On November 2nd, shortly after midnight, I can't, I can't, I'm going to have to, shortly after midnight, it just comes out that every time I see after midnight, I just want to let it all shake out. Is that what it is? We're going to let it all. I don't know. I've never heard that song. Something. Anyway. Okay. So shortly after midnight, Gregory strangled his mother while she was lying in bed after sneaking into her room and ending her life with his bare hands, which we all know after talking to a lot of killers, that was probably a bit of a discovery moment for him because it's hard to strangle somebody to death with your hands. Yeah. Yeah, they fought. For, it's not like the movies. No. Yeah, I always love that in the movies, like when the, the guy's got the guy from behind, he's got a, you know, a knife to their neck, and then he just kind of goes, slit, like a little tiny yeah. slit, and they're like, ugh, and they just die like that. No, 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 no. They sound like a bellows full of water is what it sounds like when you just sort of cut somebody's throat. And I've always said, that's one thing the movies, two things the movies always get wrong, strangling somebody to death with your bare hands yep. and table tennis. They always <laughs> make those two things look super easy. A lot harder. A lot harder in reality. I would say that table tennis is just as hard as strangling somebody to death with your hands. You know what? I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to try to you know, put anybody on a pedestal or not, but... It's so weird. Usually when Jack and I have these conversations, our, you know, top two lists are so different. It's so weird to have a kindred spirit with the same top two list on Hollywood oopsies. That's amazing. Saying that Forrest Gump is full of shit. (laughs) You ever tried to play ping pong? It's the hardest thing on earth. It really is. Even harder than strangling somebody to death with your bare hands. Which is not easy. Ask any killer. Uh, I'm glad. I'm Especially when it's your mom. Yeah, right? You got to right? look into the eyes of the lady that made Hot Pockets for you for 15 years and make the life go out of that. That'd be tough. Even harder than table tennis. And this was an argument about his grades. Like, she had nothing to do with it. This is, like, not even, like, communist parenting. This is, like, expected, right? You get bad grades. You did that to yourself, brother. You know? Absolutely. That's a problem with today. What year was this? Uh, 2018, November 1st, yeah. 2018. Kids these days clutching my pearls. Exactly. Take no self-responsibility. No, no, nothing's their fault. Yeah, no cap. You got your bad grades, Gregory. No cap. No cap. <laughs> All under case. All under. <laughs> exactly. 
So the part that that one guy got wrong in explaining what happened is after he killed her, he didn't get it wrong. He just omitted this bit of information. Um, he put her into a wheelbarrow, which he hauled into the family van. Afterward, he got two of his friends to help cover up the crime. Dylan and Brian. I knew Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. We all know Dylan. I knew there was going to be a Dylan involved right. somewhere. The weird, the weird thing is, is in this case, Dylan and Brian were like, yeah, we're in. Kyle, on the other hand, was like, oh. I can't go, guys. And they're like, why, Kyle? This is like totally up your alley. He's like, look, I just broke my hand, punched him a wall because I broke up with my girlfriend. So that's why Kyle didn't go. <laughs> we go get a monster. Got to get a monster. Kyle, you are mad. Your hat's turned on backward. You are mad. Yeah, I know. Guys. My brother's name is Kyle. Is he like that? No, actually. <laughs> is, is he just the opposite? He's the anti-Kyle? He's like super My kind. brother's super chill. Oh. Maybe his name really isn't Kyle. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe that's the answer to that quizzical situation. I've known him for a long time. Well, what I do know if from your background check is your name isn't Kent. <laughs> my, my name actually is Kent. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> My name isn't Chungus. <laughs> you had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> Dang it. And I paid for that background check. That's garbage. And on top of that, you know me. <laughs> really well. I, I actually disagreed with a lot of the background check. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not true. But I paid for this, so it must be true. And I, I should have listened to my gut. Oh, man. I don't mean to keep interrupting. I'm sorry. Back to, back to back to Gregory and his wheelbarrow full of his mother. So he got Brian and Dylan to help them. And uh, they made it seem as though a burglary had occurred. Also, to let you know, the, the last audio we listened to is also a video. Um, and during while that guy is recounting what happened, there's body cam footage of them walking through the whole house. And you get to see the level of destruction in the home and suspicious nature of the whole thing so i'm going to post a link to that in the description in case anybody wants to watch the video of that body he overdid camp. it didn't he oh yeah yeah okay i hate to nitpick but every room was turned upside down except for yeah. and you'll see it in the video they go into one room and there is a ironing board still upright which is suspicious right ironing board that's you could blow on an ironing board and they they fall over. Those things are not stable. But even worse, on top of it is a can of spray starch, which was also not toppled. I was like, yeah, this looks like a staged stage. <laughs> I thing. thought you were going to say his room was the only one that's <laughs> not touched. Yeah, all of his stuff still there. We'll like, have to pick it up. <laughs> No, I need to keep my PS4, man. Oh, that's another thing. Was there anything missing? Was he smart enough at least to like take values and valuables and bury them with her? The valuables were taken, but they weren't buried. They were they were they were secreted away by one of his friends. Also interesting that he chose to bury her on the property of a church. Yeah. So they make it look like a burglary, right? Um, and then he goes and he buries her in the back of a church. And get this, he buries her underneath the fire pit in hopes that I guess that people would just believe that she got like too hot near the fire and tried to dig down under the like you do. fire to protect from the heat. 
like you would, right? You're like, this is too yeah. hot. I'm going to go under the fire. Yeah, you, re- you react the same way to being on fire as you do hypothermia. Now, how he could have gotten away with it is if he had incinerated the body and then done that because the fire pit itself would have uh, obfuscated any evidence and nobody would have thought to look at it. Because if a fire pit, as we all know, if, if a fire pit is well used and regularly used, there's a whole lot of depth to the ash pile that's there, right? I mean, it is a big, giant, dark ash hole. Yeah. It's, it's always... But I'll do you one better. What if he just hadn't strangled his mother to death with his bare hands? That's that's the $15 question here. Yep. So... <laughs> a little more backstory. The three friends, they'd left school early. So that was a problem because I mean, document how stupid. Yeah. So they leave early to stage the burglary scene. And right after he does call 911 right after that, they arrive. Notice a little bit of blood by the door that was busted open. And then they saw scratch marks on Gregory's face, which was a sure sign that his mother had fought back as she was being strangled. As you do, as we don't know, because Hollywood doesn't make that apparent. But when you're suddenly bereft of oxygen, you'll do anything to try to breathe again. And hence the, the, uh, the evidence on his face. When he was asked about the scratches, though, he said that he got into a fight at school. But then the authorities heard him tell his dad that he had gotten scratches from falling, which that's he's pretty clumsy if you get those kind of scratches on your face from falling. Did he think they weren't going to check out his story yeah. at all? Did they? I think he was just so drunk on his, as he put it, uh, award-winning 911 call act. He was so impressed with himself from that that he he thought he had he'd gotten away with this. I've seen better acting in low budget porn. Yeah. Well, they put it two and two together and the guy didn't he didn't stand up long on this. Uh, they were like, "Hey, so uh, you told us you got those scratches from a fight, but you told your dad you were fought, you fell down." And he's like, "Okay, fine. I admit it. I did it." Like he didn't he he didn't last. The the authorities described him as a sociopath, especially since during the interview he was boasting about his Grammy award-winning 911 call, and they said he never seemed sorry at all, even after the admission. He argued, though, that if he didn't kill his mother, she was going to kill him. In other words, he's trying to kind of prop up a a uh, self-defense case here, which oh, please, know, he's he is no Columbo. Uh, was Columbo a lawyer? No, no, he discovered America. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> that well, guy. sort of. In 1992. Technically, it had already been discovered. Right. <laughs> <laughs> By the Vikings. But this isn't a history lesson. So they had no record of his mother ever being violent toward him, but they did have a record on him being violent and him being a problem. So that wasn't really going to hold up that suddenly she went from zero to hero, tried to kill her son because he got bad grades. It's not a thing. Doesn't happen like that. So he didn't last. So he crumbled really quick. He goes to court. Initially, he pled not guilty and then was advised that maybe he should plead guilty because this wasn't going to, you know, this wasn't going to work for him in a trial situation. 
Gregory was sentenced to 45 years in prison. Good. Yeah, I agree. Dylan and Brian, uh, who helped him cover up the crime, they both received uh, probation. So, I don't know. I guess, you know, at that age, you're super stupid and your friend calls you and says, hey, you need to help me cover up a crime. You're probably thinking, yeah, I need to be loyal to my bro. You're probably thinking that more than this is a terrible life move. I mean, I would have probably given Dylan more time. Yeah, just because of his name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if you name your kid Dylan and and you haven't and you're currently not actively in counseling. See, because right there I was thinking, oh, we're going to have listeners that, that have kids named Dylan. But I, I bolted on the and you're not actively in counseling because I was like, oh, if you're listening to this show, you're probably actively in counseling. So I just covered our bases there. You're welcome. That's why I'm glad that I don't have a, a filter. <laughs> I, I don't have to think about those things. I, I just, you say the thing and you just let it fall where it may. You do. You just, do. <laughs> you do. Yes, you do. And there's also a marked difference in our listenership. <laughs> there is. There is. I agree with that. That's why so many people have already turned this off. Yeah. They've, they're like, this is boring. I'm going to go check out True Crime Kent. Oh, man. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I digress. Uh, so that's the end uh, to Gregory Ramos. Um, so let me ask you this, Op. Yeah. Was it 40 years with no possibility of parole? No indications in anything I could find. Good question. Because I was like, well, is there is there a possibility of parole? I didn't, I didn't find one. It was just 45 years. So he'll do three years in juvie and then go to the big boy prison. Yeah. And I think that's part and parcel to the process. He was tried as an adult, but I think until he ages out, he has to be in a in a prison, but to date, because this happened in 2018, he now is an adult, and he's in the Florida Departments of Department of Corrections, um, located in a in a a big boy prison. So yeah. getting you know, turned out, yeah, probably. And uh, so I just want to I just want to review really quick, and so. I, I feel bad about striking out so bad, but Brenda Sue turned out to be somebody that's related to you, right? Yeah, I pretended like it wasn't because I didn't want to put my grandmother's name, name. On, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's odd. I don't know why you'd feel that way. Sorry to out your grandma. Um, She's not going to care. <laughs> I had so much more information and what was really fun about that is as I was doing this background check, I was looking for people that you might know, but I was trying to get information that you would never find on Facebook because I didn't want you to think I just like super Facebook stalked you or something. So Yeah, but, they don't know my last name, so they, don't, they won't know her last name. So yeah, they won't. They won't. They won't. Uh, also, you have a very Norwegian last name, so... <laughs> Irish. Uh, yeah. No, hey, it's Norwegian. We're trying to throw people off here, Kent. Gosh. Oh, oh yeah. I'm a... <laughs> idiot yeah, i am the worst it's fine <laughs> it's norwegian yeah oh man hey how about a happy ending uh yeah i've been to a massage parlor <laughs> hey Let's let me it. ask you as somebody who's listened to a lot of the shows and now you're now you're on one is it weird to to see how how things that you've heard happen a lot how it goes? Well, not really because we've been, uh, the three of me and you and Jack have been doing podcasts yeah. for so long together now. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, yeah, if I was, if I was just like listening to the podcast and if I was just lis a listener, I, I would imagine 
Like the first time that me and you ever recorded anything for TCK, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. <laughs> really? Because I was like, what if I'm really bad at this? <laughs> there was a lot on the line. You guys had put a lot of time and money and everything into me. And for a year, we worked on that first TCK episode. Yeah. And then I was like, what if I show up and I'm just like the carrot top of podcasts? <laughs> well, we had a year to kind of vet it. And um, we we had good we had we had good uh, information to back the fact that we had found a diamond in the rough, uh, or whatever you'd find in Kentucky in a rough pile of stuff. I don't know what you yeah usually beer cans beer cans yeah a good natty in the rough then probably heroin okay yeah heroin that's what I was gonna I was gonna say next oh man yeah I was wondering whether or not it was just kind of weird to be on the show and hear these say. Same kind of things transpire, but you're you're literally responding instead of just listening. I, I thought maybe we'd have a little more of like a you're starstruck and you know you're like I can't believe I'm doing this kind of moment. But I, I got over that <laughs> with the first TCK, but that was definitely in the first TCK. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you say there was any element of being you know starstruck on this episode? I mean, was it? No. No. Not, not at all. Hmm, that's weird. Not even a little bit. Yeah. I probably get more nervous talking to like cashiers at Lowe's. Yeah. Um, You're less than a cashier at Lowe's. Yeah. What? Not that they're, le- they're awesome. I love the cashiers at Lowe's. No, not a problem with them. I guess really my problem is with you. Yeah. Um, I don't get nervous around you. You know, at all. Yeah. Nothing. I don't even feel anything most of the time. <laughs> That's, um, it's excessive. Um, how about a, I've got a happy ending. Do you want me to push play on it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hugs everybody. I was wondering <laughs> what you would say. I don't know where to go with that. If you say no, I just kind of have to turn turn the podcast off, I think. <laughs> oh, it's wondered. No one's ever said no. <laughs> well, against your will, I'm going to press play. Okay. okay. Do what you want. Okay. <laughs> I, feel, I feel this isn't reciprocal. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> do they have some kind of measure where they do something with the cat in case of a real emergency where the cat is detrimental to a, the other person? He's detrimental to me. He's scared of me. And I'm reacting to the fact that he's scared of me. So I'm scared being in my apartment, being with him, along with him, because he scares me, because he's scared of me. And we're reacting to each other. And I certainly don't want to, uh, I'm not that kind of a person. I'm not an inhumane person. And I would never let, let 
let the cat out the back door and just let it roam around. I want to make sure it's put to sleep. Well, how long have you been acting like this? Forever. And um, so I want to... What do you mean a- forever? Forever. For as long as I can. It's forever. Okay, so why is it so important today then? Well, anyway, could you have them put to sleep today? I can't, no. Well, who does it? Animal control does it. And if they're not there today, there's nothing I can do to help you. The machine said call the police at 291 1111. If it was you, uh, would you stop yelling at me? Well, you are yelling at me too. No, I'm not. That's just about it. I'll tell you what. How can it be an emergency if you've had this cat on this time and all of a sudden now today it's an emergency? How do you know how long I've had a cat? You didn't even ask. I did. Well, I will say it's interesting that she was able to get through the police considering she was calling from apparently the bottom of a lake <laughs> because that quality was bad. That was rough. <laughs> I I have a couple thoughts. After hearing her and how she escalates, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the cat's normal. Yes. 
Yeah, I couldn't really. I just knew that there was a cat that needed to be dealt with. <laughs> That's all that I could make out. And she was too frantic. To So what is going on here? Um, She has a cat and she's crazy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know cats, but one thing they don't do is they don't starve. <laughs> no. They're literal predators. Um, Even if you die. They'll they eat will just you. eat you. Yeah, they, yeah, they have yeah. no qualms about <laughs> being on their own. Uh, but in her mind, the, the terrible devilish thing to do would be to let the cat go. What Instead of killing the cat, she thought, I'm going to kill the cat because the wrong thing to do would be just to let the cat live on its own. I also love that at one point she says, how do you know how long I've had this cat? And I believe just a second before that, she said she'd had it forever, <laughs> which is a really long time. But what is her problem with the cat? She says that she's freaking out. And so the cat freaks out. Yeah. No, they Animals are very sensitive yeah. to your emotions. To human emotions. In her mind, she actually, she says it the other way around, though. She says that the cat is freaking out, so she freaks out, and they're feeding off of each other. I have a hard time believing that it's the cat that starts this um, at all, ever, forever. I don't believe yeah. in the past forever that she's had this cat, that there's one time where the cat started it. I love the line also at one point when she's so mad at the dispatcher and how this dispatcher cannot seem to wrap his head around the fact that she just wants to put the cat to death rather than let the cat go. And she can't believe that the dispatcher would see it another way. And she says, what do you think I am? A killer? <laughs> I'm not a monster. <laughs> Uh, so she was arrested forthwith, not the cat, her. She was arrested, uh, booked on animal cruelty, and rightly so. Anyone here who's listening who's a wizard lover, which is, if you've never listened to True Crime Kent, code word for cat, because there are bad things that happen to cats sometimes, but when we talk about animals, we always give them a different name. Yeah. And in this case, cats are wizards. Yeah, because people seem to be more okay with people murdering people <laughs> right. than animals. Yeah, you and I, will do a, like a whole episode on uh, just terrible, terrible crimes that people commit. Uh, but if something happened to the dog... Forget about it. <laughs> one star. One stars over and over. I liked it when they were talking about the baby rapes. <laughs> but the cat... The cat... What? There was no need for the cat content. <laughs> we could even talk. We could have a story where the worst things happen and then the crime goes unsolved and people will comment and say, but what happened to the cat? What? Where is the cat's status today? And you know what? I'm not criticizing. I'm not mocking there because that tells you the depth of compassion and love that humans can have for other creatures. And I think that's beautiful. It also is a bit telling on... But not each other. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a bit telling on how we <laughs> feel about each other. But, you know, that's neither here nor there, I guess. <laughs> uh, 
Well, we've been not doing this forever, it seems, tonight because of the uncut and then this and talking all about the abortion stuff, which you didn't hear. But if you want to hear it, go over and check us out. $5 on Patreon.com forward slash 1159media. <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fun up and it's been fun for me so much because I'm so not nervous when I talk to you. Yeah, I, and, and I understand probably uh, a healthy portion of you being not nervous is just the level of comfort I imbue in this time where you're probably just, I would assume, just kind of bowled over with starstruckedness. I would, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's what you're feeling. Well, you can certainly say that. Yeah. Hugs, everybody. Well, I want to thank sweet sweetheart Kent Chungus for coming on the show and being on the show and being on this much bigger show than his and you know all the things it'll probably do for his own show just grateful that he could be here for me to help him and his show how'd you like it did you enjoy it give us a you know review, give us one of those one star reviews <laughs> We hope you did like it. Jack will be back. He just finished the episode while we were doing this one, so he's probably like, okay, I'm calling in. Should I come on right now? Or, But uh, I think we handled it on this episode. And uh, So back to uh, Usual Suspects next week for 911 Calls Podcast. Super excited about our Tier 13 Campfire show. It's hilarious and fun. Um, if you like that, check it out over on Patreon. Did I say that on this episode? I can't remember. And also, uh, if you like this show so much and you want more of this kind of show, because 911 calls plus, 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 it's exactly this, just more episodes. Check us out on uh, Patreon again. Man, I just can't stop with the pitching. I got to go take a nap or bring some NyQuil, something to calm down my marketing mind. I'm just a, all a kerfuffle about pitching <laughs> Patreon today, apparently. Oh, forgive me. Hugs. <laughs> <laughs>